<laughs> Every week I go back in to check what our opening script Amy, is. Amy, I had it open just in case. I had it open just in case. I had to, I was like, okay, I don't know who's doing the script, but I'm having it open on the off chance. Get in there, perform, and deliver. Respect, Lascan Corda. It will be one sentence and I am responding. What a load of spin and nonsense. He has only challenged my personality and pointed out my gender. And cop on a small bit Taoiseach. Welcome to the Polling Station podcast with Neve and Amy, where each week we try and make politics a little bit easier to grasp. And this week we are talking about Leo the Leak. Hashtag Leo the Leak. So we're doing a little deep dive into Leo Radker, who is the Tanishta of Ireland. Previous Taoiseach, though we often forget that. Not unless you're in the job. <laughs> and... We're going to do a, a kind of deep dive into the latest developments of the Garda investigation to Leo Radker's leaking of a confidential draft contract that was being negotiated between the government and the Irish Medical Organization, or the IMO, to his friend, who was the president of a rival doctor's representative organization, the National Association of GPs. Lots of words there, but basically they're investigating that Leo Radker leaked confidential information to his friend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So basically, I think we we need to kind of rewind a bit to where we got now. So we're, in, we're going back. We're going back. So I suppose we'll start off with the actual document that was allegedly leaked and kind yes. of what led up to it and to why. So I think we look back in October 2018, um, the GP committee of the Irish Medical or- Organization or IMO, as you said, Amy, they decided to enter negotiations into the Department of Health on the crisis in GPs. So and reminder that the Minister for Health at the time was Simon Harris. So bear that in mind. Um, So basically the negotiations that happened, they were focused on funding for GPs and an update to a previous old contract that was 50 years old and also reversing cuts that was implemented by the financial emergency measures in the public interest uh, legislation known as FEMPI. So basically the cuts to these GPs happened during the recession and it was huge issues for doctors and patients and eventually there was mass protests outside the doll. So Okay. Yeah, this has been a huge issue for GPs for a while. So this is how we lead into the talks. And so basically the IMO, they they were leading the, the negotiations. But however, there was a bit of a, there were, there was a few issues arose within the IMO and then there was a splinter. So now in 2013, we have the establishment of the NAGP, which is the National Association of General Practitioners. And basically the NAGP needed to take uh, members from the IMO in order to generate money and uh, pay, uh, pay salaries and avoid kind of the whole organization collapsing. Okay. So basically you kind of have the two camps. You have the IMO and you have the NAGP. And the NAGP wants to kind of get in on the IMO's kind of gig that it has so it can kind of take its members for their own gain. Gotcha. Exactly, exactly. And there's about two about 2,000 um, uh, GPs in the NAGP. Kind of the issues kind of arose with the IMO was like a row over pension payouts that caused the split. And yes. the NAGP was, it was a more younger, kind of more hardlining, but a smaller organisation. So this is why the NAGP was set up was due to the the, pe- the pension payouts right so was that that was the pension payout of the ex-chief of the IMO and it was like 9.8 million that this all came to the light and then the IMO was like oh this isn't right and that's what led to the splinter in it 
So basically, in March 2018, uh, the NAGP's incoming president was Dr. Yvonne Williams, and she had resigned along with five other council members. But then there was a there there was reportedly issues with Williams and others who had concerns about possible governance issues within the groups, and members were starting to come really you know really frustrated because a lot of their questions weren't being answered. So then Williams was replaced by Dr. Matthew O'Toole, who eventually called in Che Bowes, who's a who was a well-known healthcare entrepreneur entrepreneur to do a report on the NAGP, which eventually led to an ongoing criminal investigation and the eventual liquidation of the NAGP in June of 2019 Ooh. and by the end of that the June the NAGP had amounted debts of worth up to over 400,000 euro and there was no cash available to pay the creditors whatsoever oh God. so basically we move forward now to April 2019 and where the agreement is publicly announced by the IMO an agreement has been reached between the government and the IMO and the Department of Health that's good that's all done the details are described in a press release issued on that day it's stated in the press release that the IMO has announced details of a negotiated agreement with the government which secures 210 million euro in increasing funding for GPs over the over the coming years and so Dr. Park McGarry says the agreement would secure the reversal of controversial FEMP cuts which were imposed um during the financial crisis okay so this is apparently done on the 5th of april the press release is done and then also then apparently between april 11th and april 16th of 2019 then t leo bradker provides a copy to dr matthew o'toole now you kind of wonder why is he providing this to dr matthew o'toole those two have reportedly had a relationship there's been a lot of photos uh, circulation online that dr o'toole was at a number of uh fina gale events and there's pictures right. of, of him and Leo Varadkar. So he, him, so Matthew O'Toole and Leo Varadkar have been rubbing shoulders, it seems, for a while. Uh, so then on April 16th, the Adal debate happened on the contract, which is, you know, it's not, that's not unusual. Standard procedure, get it through, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, funny enough, the Fianna Fáil spokesperson at the time was our now Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly. And then we had, of course, Sinn Féin, uh, Sinn Féin's uh, Louise O'Reilly, who had not seen the contract. Adele, Alan Kelly had not seen the contract. Um, and then I suppose with the next following day, then Andrew Jordan, who was the former uh, chairperson of the NAGP, tw- tweeted that great announcement, but GPs get really perplexed. No sign of contract documents two weeks in. The GPs want to see it. And this is a time that apparently Dr. O'Toole is allegedly sending a picture of the contract marked confidential, subject to amendments and changes and water marked confidential to a group chat of doctors within NAGP, telling them that he has gotten the contract and that he explains he can say where he got it, but it is, and I quote, it's the real deal. I, I, I think we need a moment for the name of that like WhatsApp group as well, which according to images obtained by The Village magazine, the WhatsApp group was called the NAGP Inner Sanctum exclamation mark but Neve, you're basically saying that the NAGP had access to this uh, document between the IMO and the government before government officials had before opposition health spokespersons had and they were tweeting out kind of looking back at it now maybe not at the time but kind of like cryptic messages that they like could have seen information in this document that they might have known some of the tea that was going on Exactly. And while an, an agreement was reached and publicly announced on April the 5th, the contract hadn't been fully done up. And this okay. is the main thing. And the fact that the contract was being circulated days later to the opposing union. And just, I think, to bear in mind, there's no love lost between the IMO, IMO and the NAGP. The NAGP... It's a splinter group. Exactly, exactly. And the NAGP, you know, they held press conferences trying to kind of lose, to weaken the name of the IMO and constantly basically just talking shit about them essentially over the over the duration of the talks but then eventually 
you know, uh, eventually then on May 17th, an agreement on the contract is published by the Department of Health. So allegedly then what is happening then is that Taoiseach Leo Varadkar leaked this unpublished contract to the opposing interest groups, obviously the NAGP. And so this is the huge issue. And then, you know, part of this contract included benefits for over 430 medical care and GP visits for patients over the next four years. So that's all happened. It's been agreed upon in May 2019. And no one kind of heard or thought anything of that. Yeah. You know, we had, there was so much that's been going on since with a new a new government, and a global pandemic. And sure, leave as you said, the NAGP that stopped operating in 2019, sure, they were gone. They had to cease because there was just between the criminal, uh, between the ongoing criminal investigation with Che Bows and the, the liquidation as well. It's just, it was, it's it's been gone. It hasn't, there's been no blip of it since. So then we move forward to October 31st in 2020, where the Village Magazine published a story along with screenshots, as you said earlier, of Leo Varadkar uh, stating that he curried the contract to Dr. O'Toole. And this exploded kind of into a huge, oh. con- a huge political controversy, of course. You know, there was a huge, huge issues about people calling for his resignations. And look, we'll get into that later. But that's where we are. And the Village yeah. magazine was um, it, it's, it would have it would have been a, one of the less lesser known publications in Ireland. Um, but I think it gained national traction after this. Absolutely. This led to, you know, talks of an investigation and basically possible, you know, criminal acts in what Tomster, Lido, Varadkar and Dr. O'Toole did. And so I suppose kind of. What were the laws that you know Leo broke that le- has now led to this Garnet investigation that was announced last uh that was announced last week? Gaming, what what has he been accused of breaking that could, you know, we, it could it could leave Leo in an even worse position than he already is? Yeah, so like you're saying, Neve, um, kind of like this all happened, and there was talk of you know like investigation into Leo Ragger. There is a vote of no confidence brought against him in the doll, but he kind of swept through that pretty handily because the majority in the government between Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil and the Green Party but what's cropped up now last last week is that the Garda investigation is now an official investigation so you can be investigating something as the guards and you're just kind of like looking into it but it's not an official investigation the status of it is not an investigation but now it's been up to an investigation so they're like actively looking for criminal behavior and they believe that there might there's a high probability that criminal behavior has gone on so basically the two kind of acts that uh leo could have broke in giving uh dr matthew cool the contract is the official secrets act or some people call it the official state secrets act which is kind of what it says on the tin so it's basically that a person should not communicate any official information so that can be a document it can be just like verbal information it can be whatever that has like um an official status of secret or confidential or that has been expressed that it is secret or confidential and that they you know can't give it to anybody else that they you know only people who should have access of it can have access to it that's that's kind of it so that's the the first one very kind of more or less self-explanatory if you are in if you are a holder of official kind of state secrets and um, you don't tell anybody that doesn't need to know and the second act that he could have potentially broken though this one has slightly it's slightly more like oh maybe he has maybe he hasn't is the criminal justice or corruption offenses act um, it's called the corruption offenses act most of the time 
so that is basically it's kind of what it says in the tin as well is that Irish officials who use confidential information obtained in the course of their office or employment or position or business for the purpose of like kind of corrupting um any anything for their own personal gain so if they leverage the information that they have for their own personal gain then they're guilty of the offence. And that's kind of what it would mean in this case is that that they're using confidential information um, in the course of like their office to kind of like get a leg up, I guess, um, in layman's terms. So they're the two acts that Leo now has to defend himself against. So the Official State Secrets Act and the Corruption Act. So I suppose that's what we're looking at and why he's being and what he could be facing. And this is kind of really big charges. And I suppose, Amy, a lot of people are wondering like why Leo Varadkar might have done it, why mm-hmm. you know, Dr. O'Toole did it. I think I suppose, you know, at, at a brief glance, kind of like there was a clear like you said earlier, this was a splinter group, the NAGP, and the fact that he, you know, he had taken he had taken the reins on this after Dr. Williams had stepped down and, you know, he wanted to make a stamp, make his mark and kind of elevate um, the NAGP into like more a high profile union, I guess. Yeah, he wanted to just take take away kind of the power and influence that that the IMO had and just make sure that his 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 organization was at the you know on on the fore with the government and unfortunately they weren't. Now Leo Radger has said that you know he had unfinished business in health and that he wanted to see his influence as mm-hmm. Taoiseach, you know, in the better practice for GPs but that there was no personal gain from it. So that's why he's saying that there's no personal gain for him. You know, and he found a lot of the stuff deeply offensive. And I think it's just, um, I think it's just, just to clarify as well that, you know, when when the Village magazine uh, published this article in October, that he did acknowledge that it was not best practice to provide government documentation to medical organisations, especially through informal channels such as you know sending sending the contracts by courier. And then, but he did uh, reject reject the accusations that in saying that he broke the law by doing so. So he states that there, you know, this is inappropriate. It's not right to be doing. But he didn't break anything, and that he said actually that the details that were the alleged communication between the Taoiseach and the NAGP was both inaccurate and grossly defamatory. So that's what he's saying on the issue. And I think that's what we're leaving up to kind of like now the investigation that's going on. There's a lot of, I suppose, looking at the testimony from Radker, from Dr. O'Toole, and then also I think another key key character who's often forgotten in this Simon is Harris. Simon Harris. <laughs> the Minister for Health that should be overseeing all this that was happening. And he's kind of, yeah, like the three key players there are Leo, Radker, Dr. Matthew Toole and Simon Harris. Yeah, and there's a lot of, you're saying you've like the the, mo- the motivations for it. You know, Radker is saying he just wanted to, you know, like help um, mend the splinter between the IMO and the NAGP. That's why he did it. Um, Dr. Matthew Toole said he, the same, like they just wanted to like better cooperation. The opposition kind of are saying that you can't be doing that. Like, especially when, um, you know, government officials hadn't seen the document yet and that's where the he said she said we all said everything and nothing kind of comes in uh, and one of the big kind of things like you were saying Simon Harris has forgotten of this one of the big things is that um that people point to when saying that Leo Radker should not have done this that he is you know in fault under the acts is that while Dr Matthew too was in possession of the uh, document Simon Harris the minister for health then was trying to get a hold of the document during this exact time and so this was all this information was obtained under the Freedom of Information Act. So all these emails kind of came out of Simon Harris. Uh, the first one was on the 15th. He emailed senior officials being like, 
hey, if the document's complete, could I have a copy of that? Like, what's going on? And one of the senior officials got back to him being like, the document has not yet been finalized. So like, sorry, can't have it. Um, and then uh, two days later, he sent another email being like, I need the document. Like, can I have that? Can I have a draft today? And he did get a copy of it that evening. So that was two days after the 15th, which was the 17th. So that was kind of just after the period that Leo Bradker says he probably gave the document to Dr. Matthew O'Toole. So it was at that point that yeah. Harris got his hands on it. Um, and yeah, but... Having said that, Leo Radker has said that Minister Harris provided him with a copy of the agreement on the 4th or 5th of April. And that uh, what uh, Minister Harris was looking for was a copy of the final contract on the 15th ahead of a doll debate. Uh, so that's what Leo Radker is saying, that he was like, well, no, he actually did have a copy of it. You know, it just wasn't the final copy of it. So maybe I haven't done anything wrong. And again, it's kind of a murky legal grey area. But yeah, and like, as you said, Neve, the health spokespersons of the other opposition parties, um, Sophie Fall and Sinn Féin specifically that we called out there, they hadn't seen it. And it's just interesting as well. It's just the fact that, you know, that document that Simon Harris wanted, a part, you know, a spokesperson for Rodger said that, um, Radker had sent an earlier draft to Dr. O'Toole where the one um, Simon Harris was looking for was for yeah. a later one. So it's kind of trying to, you are wondering, if is this just a spin or what exactly is going on yeah, is are this, they trying um, to downplay it like being like oh no it's not you know it's grand but then if you flip it and reverse the argument there would it be actually worse to give a draft copy of the um contract to the nagp when it was like wasn't the final version there could be iterations like so it's an argument that you can look at two ways Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I suppose as well, like there's a few contradictions in both Dr. O'Toole's and Radker's statements. You know, Radker said they'd only met two or three times, where Dr. O'Toole said they'd met ten times in 2019 alone, and that Radker gave them this. It was a pre-existing arrangement for them to share this information, and you know, they appear to be from obviously a picture to only tells a thousand words, but it doesn't tell the whole story. Um, you've seen pictures of the two of them at Fianna Gael events, so it's clear. Uh, you know, you can only you can obviously speculate that. Um, Dr. O'Toole was definitely a supporter of Fine Gael. I either in his past we can't you know you can't speak to it now but yeah it was, it's it's looking that like you know from kind of photographic evidence that they potentially did have a pally relationship if you want to put that word on it but again um Dr. O'Toole has said this where Leo Radker claims like oh he was I'm paraphrasing now, but it was a great quote that Leo Ragger had where he was like, oh, he's only someone I'd interact with like two or three times a year at a party or like yeah. kind of that way. And then also Leo Ragger kind of clapped back with those 10 meetings in 2019 alone, Eve, that you said that he was like, oh, well, I was abroad in Barcelona and Brussels for two of these alleged meetings. So he's like, oh, could all be lies and deceit, which was actually proven to be true. But then, you know, were dates mixed up and everything like that. So yeah, it's just... It's it's a lot of he said, she said. And like you were saying, Eve, it's very difficult to kind of like navigate between what are people saying to kind of like, you know, protect their own backs and then what 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 actually transpired. And again, it's kind of hard to know because all that we are going off is kind of WhatsApp messages and nothing yeah. is kind of like the most concrete information we had there was the emails from Simon Harris. But other than that, it's a lot of speculation. Well, he did apologise to the doll um, in 2020, and this is what he had to say. I do accept that the provision of the agreement by an informal communicational channel to the president of the NAGP 
in the way that I did was not good practice. I regret that I did not ensure that it was provided in a more appropriate formal manner. It was an error and one I accept sole responsibility for. I know it has caused people to question my judgment, but I hope having heard my explanation, no fair-minded person will question my motivation or integrity. I do regret it, and I am sorry for the controversy and the annoyance that my actions have caused. I know I've made, made mistakes as a minister and when I was Taoiseach, and I have tried to learn from them. There are things I wanted to do and failed. And even with the things we did achieve, I wonder could we have done more. Over my career, I have been guilty of errors of judgment, but I've never been motivated by a desire for selfish financial gain or motives corrupt, not for a minute. So there you have it, his official apology to the doll. And, you know, he, I think he probably will have to reiterate another one again, but he's standing by. He was uh, he was speaking to Pat Kenny on News Talk this morning and just reiterated the apology that he said. And, you know, he is very much um, willing to participate in the investigation. He hasn't been called for, for an interview yet, but he said he is willing to, um, I suppose. But before we jumped into now, let me rewind a bit. I'm jumping, getting ahead of myself. I suppose when this happened... As it has with many, you know, TDs in previous times. I, I voted no confidence. Yeah, Irish politicians yeah. are not um, strangers to votes of no confidence. They're not shy. No, they're not. They are not shy. They have no problem issuing a vote. So basically, on the Tuesday, the 10th of November in 2020, um, the Dáil voted in confidence of uh, Leo Varadkar. Now, he did survive this by 92 to 65 because, as you said earlier, Amy, you know, they, Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil and the Greens are the government they have the majority and now in front there was actually a number of indep independent tds who and regional independent uh tds who voted in, along yeah. with the government uh but then obviously of course you have the opposition so Sinn Féin Labour Social Democrats Solidarity People Before Profit uh a number of rural independents some um other independents who who opposed the confidence of him and but basically straight away you know Taoiseach Michal Martin he he came out and very much supported him mm -hmm. straight away. Um, he he was very he stood behind him. Michael Martin basically said that you know Leo had addressed the controversy. He apologized, and you know obviously a reiteration again that what he had done was inappropriate. Simon Coveney, of course, you know also agreed. He went in to say that if you were to read the faceless online trolls and the conspirator backers have drummed up, you would be forgiven thinking that the Tanisha had acted for personal gain to uh, to sabotage something. Basically proving that the motivation was not nothing personal. It was just mm -hmm. trying to, as you said, bring the two unions together in the helps of, you know, better GP care for patients mm -hmm. and everything. But, I, you know, of course we get into the toing and throwing between, no shock to anyone, um, between Fina Gale and Sinn Féin. Yeah, and which is, I feel like maybe that's a whole other podcast in itself, but I think it definitely, the toing and throwing between them and the, the course online between them is definitely derailing from the issue at hand. Because like that just like ended up kind of hijacking the debate in a sense, and we kind of completely oh, yeah. lost what Brad Curry's vote of no confidence was. Was that he leaked sensitive government information? Of course, and even Minister for Protection uh, Heather Humphreys she claimed that Sinn Fein is you know more interested in cheap political stunts than the very people they claim to represent. You know, so it does take mm -hmm. away from the discourse of what is at hand that he did do something that was highly inappropriate, possibly criminal. That he is facing a guard investigation, and I think to whatever they can, yes. If other parties have done anything else that's possibly criminal, hold them to account, Absolutely. of course, but let's hold yourselves to account. 100%. You know, everyone needs to be held accountable, whether you're left, right, middle, doesn't matter. But 
you know, even Social Democrats leader Roshan Shortall, she was basically saying that he's unworthy to, uh, he's unworthy to sit the office and it was an awful incident that happened. And, uh, you know, Aon O'Reardon said that the question was not only should the doll have confidence in Leo Radker, but should any trade union have confidence that they can negotiate uh, with the, the government in good mm-hmm. faith or that any, should any minister have confidence that they can share a confidential document with a Tansha in good faith, which is, I think is a very interesting Absolutely. point because if you're another union, could be different could be um you know i suppose we're seeing you know ongoing talks with the asti with the department of education and you know other other interest groups that will be negotiating with you know their various departments and you could be like a like you know like deputy aon over here and said you could be wondering oh gosh will this be leaked or will this be leaked to another cabinet in a cabinet minister in a completely different department yeah 100 percent, and especially when you know like leah radka did this in the capacity of Taoiseach, like how big is his influence? Because he wasn't even the minister, you know, it wasn't like he was a minister that kind of like leaked his own portfolio. It wasn't his portfolio at the time. He was not minister for health. So it's like, you know, there. I'm sure like uh, to kind of further Adrian O'Reardon's point that people are like, what is the influence here? You know, like what what is the reach that he has? And is it something that could, you know, me as a union going into talk to the government, is it something that I should be potentially worried about? And you can understand that argument. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no of course completely like there's no doubt about um and i suppose where like that kind of leads us to where we are now are we looking at then another apology to be reissued like mm-hmm. what's the possibility um so i think that um from the kind of rhetoric that's gone on during the last day and i'll be held wrong if i am i think that leo radker's lawyers have advised that he is to stay with you know the statement that he's given and he won't be reversing on that because leo radker and his legal team argue that he has not broken the official secrets act because this is kind of it was in an official Gael statement as well it's like this very specific line in the official state secrets act and it's actually in the bit of the act that it like outlines you know like the kind of definitions of each word and it's a public office so it's the definition of public office and they define it in the act to mean an officer employment which is wholly um, paid out of the central fund or monies provided by the Arachthus. But at the very end of it, it says that this does not include membership of either house of the Arachthus. So it doesn't include TDs and it doesn't include the Shannons. So this is what they're kind of saying that because public office kind of, they use this, that um, TDs and senators are exempt from this. And this is the, what, this is what they've been saying all along. So I presume this is what the legal argument that they will kind of say to the guards. They'd be like, hey, hey, he's actually exempt from it. But other, um, legal academics and lawyers and a few of them have gone on record as saying that they're that public um, body phrase is specifically said in like the very first part of the act which is a person shall not communicate any official information to any other person unless he is duly authorized to do so or does so in the course of and in accordance with his duties as a holder of public office or when it is his duty in the interest of the state to communicate it. So this is that public office bit there. So they're saying it's because of that, this public office, but other legal academics are saying that it never actually defines what a person is in the act. So it doesn't have a limited Mm -hmm. definition. So yes, there is that public body office, but it's only relating to like a rebuttal for why you kind of like did it. So I did it in the interest of being a TD. So some saying to people that he can only use that in his defense, but he still would have broken it. So it's very, it's really, yeah. it's kind of, she's a bit of a legal gray area. Everyone's kind of talking, but that is the one that they think like he's more likely to be convicted on is that um, State Secrets Act, the Corruption Act. She's 
grayer again if we can even believe it because that's basically talking about like you know like you would have leaked it to kind of leverage your own gain in whatever that's like kind of what corruption is and again Neve, it's like you're saying like you know Vradker and Dr. Matthew Tuller are saying that what personal gain was there what leverage was there I mean for you know you could see an argument for uh Dr. Matthew O'Toole but for Leo Vradker legally say now whatever your own personal opinions are that's totally fine um and you know you could talk about somebody's ego and like what they would like to their social standing and everything like that but legally would it advance his career um and his own like political interests I mean the only thing that I can see is that like he would have better relationships with the NAGP but that might be it from a legal thing so that one is a little bit more I don't know but the State Secrets Act I think there is a stronger argument to be made for that but yeah very interesting I think as well we've even seen over the past few days you know government politicians are then again are reiterating the statements that they mm-hmm. made in November you know spokesperson for Michal Martin uh, stating that the Tadishan made a statement and apology on this matter in Dal Air which was accepted by the government the Taoiseach has confidence in the Tadishan and has nothing further to add on the comments previously and you know even the Green Party have stated that the Guardi received a complaint and they must be allowed to do their job the Green Party acknowledges the account and apology given by the Tadishan in the Dal last November and has confidence in him now the Green Party were the last ones to come out might I add we had just seen on Sunday you know Heather Humphreys was on RTE this week in politics defending him also was Matty McGrath you know the Minister for Public Expenditure he was also so the Greens were a bit late to do it but they did it not a surprising that they were late but they obviously they had to do it so I suppose the main question is now can he be arrested and if he's arrested and if he's arrested and convicted can he actually go to prison like do we have a history of this in the doll that you know previous politicians They've gone, they've they, they've had, you know, a guarded investigation, they've been arrested and they've been convicted and they've spent time in prison or whatever. Like, can we see, you know, Leo Vradker doing this or will he, will he step down? Like, that's kind of what we're looking at now. There, there's absolutely, you know, a, a history of it, like going, you know, no way back. And I suppose it was more kind of prominent during the kind of earlier days of the Irish government, but kind of like modern day Ireland, if we're taking a look at it. Yeah, there has been, people have been convicted of both criminal and civil crimes but like most of them don't go to jail it's mostly a fine that they come yeah. to and, and and that's it so Leo Vracker it's it's kind of funny because it's there's never really been in modern Ireland uh you know a really high profile minister this happened to they're kind of like backbencher TDs or it might have happened you know when they're just like before they take office or after they take office so it's funny because there you can't call another vote of no confidence in somebody for six months so there won't be like that's off the table so there won't be a vote of no confidence for him even if he is convicted and there's no kind of provisions to snakey snake in there it anyways so it'll kind of be more if he is convicted will he face pressure from the government to step down and I think that's where it's going to come from. I think the government have made it very clear that the opinions of the opposition parties are not going to influence her. They're taking a hard stand by Leo Radker. Even today we heard, you know, Mary Lou MacDonald, leader of the opposition president of Sinn she's written to Michal Martin and he is refusing to meet her. And I suppose people are using this again, you know, this kind of tit for tat to be like, oh, well, you know, well, you did this or you did that, but 
I think it's something the opposition are not going to let go of. Again, Aon Origin was speaking today that Patanisha needs to step down. So it's not just Mary Lou MacDonald and Sinn Féin. There seems to be quite a number of um, opposition TDs getting in line. So it's just seen, like, like you said, Amy, if he will actually be convicted while being a sitting minister and as well as sitting Tanisha. That's the whole thing, I think. If you can be an actual sitting TD and... Like you said, like we saw Barry Cowan had the the infamous instance with the drink driving before he became Minister exactly. for Agriculture. You know, these were issues before that. Obviously, he lost that position, but still. And even various, various corruption charges that, you know, have popped up in, you know, God, boom, Ireland. We loved corruption. We loved corruption charge. <laughs> that they've cropped up, but they've always cropped up after a TV has kind of like left office. So it'd be really interesting to see, you know, like what are people you know, what is the, the reaction going to be? And even like you said there, you know, like he's a TD, he's a minister, he's Tanisha. He is also going to be Taoiseach if the rotation for the government, you know, comes back around in the rotation Taoiseach between um, Michal Martin and Leo oh Frogger. Oh another... Do you know? He's back at it again. Oh gosh, we've another two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. This is only year one. This is only year one of this government. And it would be like, yes. you know, like even, you know, if he doesn't have, a, you know, a criminal conviction from this, if he isn't convicted of it, which I don't know if I'm going to be a betting woman and put my cards at the table, personal opinions aside and looking on the legality of it, I don't think he will be. I think it will... um he will be able to argue his way out of it um, on the basis of public interest and play that card. Um, but there's very few, like you said, Amy, I think there's only like one or two that spring to mind. You know, Ray Burke was a former Fianna Fáil uh, minister for justice. And he, he was sentenced to six mm-hmm. months in jail in January 2005. But, um, you know, he, 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 that's one instance. You also had, you know, Dennis, you know, Dennis Foley, he's a, a previous Fianna Fáil TD and actually as a matter of interest, he's also current Minister for Education, Norma Foley's um, uh, father. He has subsequently passed since, but, you know, he had uh, issues with an offshore account and he had to resign from Fianna Fáil and then eventually became a, you know, an independent TD. But again, there's no, there's not, there, there's very few, there's, there's very few. There's not a lot of precedent before of like what's going to happen. And like you're saying, Eve, especially it's such a high profile politician that's at the tip top of the government so it's going to be interesting and you know as well from uh Fina Gale's kind of standpoint going forward will they want Leo Vradker to head up the party when it is you know he has this kind of polarizing leak around him and uh, everyone on Twitter has seen hashtag Leo the leash leash (laughs) (laughs) hashtag Leo the leak and latest is hashtag leo the lawbreaker will they want that publicity around them it's hard to know because he was already his you know his his reputation was already kind of like there was like you said leo the leak but it's not just with regard to this contract that was leaked it's also regard to media leaks and you know that various journalists and other you know broadcasters and so on have heard before even anyone else and um, it's often referred to, I saw one uh, Fianna Fáil TD tweet that he will find out what happens at the Fianna Fáil parliamentary party from one of the t- one of the journalists that he knows will tweet it out. So there's definitely an issue with that. But um, there's, you know, the issues with his other uh, reputation that were coming before this, you know, the issue of him kind of giving out about Neffet on Clareburn Live a number of months ago. Um, you know, about announcing about the, the, you know, I think everyone can remember that awful Sunday night when Neffet wanted to go into level five. This was pre-lockdown two. And then Leo went on Claire Byrne the next day and he gave out about it. And a lot of people gave out about Leo for 
you know, uh, for giving out about Neff because, you know, mm-hmm. Leo had said like that Neff don't have to make the decisions with regards to, you know, people going back in the pub or people losing their jobs and so on. So I think there's maybe been possibly a few issues and this is just kind of eroding his public image even further. Uh, absolutely and it's just it's it's very it's very interesting just because he was you know like hailed back in the day was as Fine Gael's kind of like young can't believe I'm saying this hip new politician like coming up he's, sorry mom he's not like the rest <laughs> Leo isn't like the rest like that was his kind of you know media persona was he was wasn't like you know the established politicians and he is media not like he does an interview and he you know he some may say he comes across better than other government TDs. He definitely has, um, he he's you know he's he definitely does. Oh, and he he comes across well, you know, like he talks well, like you see, you know, internationally, people, you know, think that having a son of an immigrant that is an openly gay man is you know very liberal for Ireland, and it, that is, you know, that that is great that we are able to put forward a politician regardless of their you know background and we celebrate that and that's amazing but I think he's kind of lost the shine of being like you can't say that you're not like other politicians when you're involved in a corruption claim <laughs> that's quintessential politician <laughs> and I just find I, 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 I don't know and I think as well like Neve, like bringing back to your point that was brought up by Aidan Ariathon once you lose a government loses confidence that things can be talked through in you know confidence and that they're not going to be leaking things to whoever it's very hard to run a government you know like on a day-to-day basis when there you've lost that and i know people can be like jesus it's just about gps like does it really matter and well to the gps it does but taking the wider point it's about that like loss of trust and about that you know, you have exactly. an onus when you are a politician, you know, even if you don't sign the State Secrets Act to keep the government running and keep it, you know, on track and as best that it can be. And if you're leaking information and is that, are you able to do that? Do you have the public confidence to do that? Like, probably not, to be honest. So I think it's more that that's going to have the real knock-on effect on Leo Radker's career. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think as well you, you like you I think you just have to think down the line now in fairness he still does have a lot of support like all of Fina Gael all of Fina Gael have openly backed him and have no problem doing so so this could just be a blender it might not hurt obviously people who don't people who are not a fan of Leo will not you know think this set right but people who are a fan of him and supporters of him will say well look he's apologized he's done mm-hmm. wrong that's it so I think it is interesting will this bring into question his leadership in Fine Gael I don't think so yet he still is a strong I can't see you know Simon Coveney who obviously went up against him for the leadership you know many moons ago now he's also come out in support of him so I don't think it's not like a Fianna Fáil situation where you have a Mark McSherry you know giving out about coming out open you know the party seems to be the party appears to be very unified behind Leo so I don't think this will jeopardise him within Fianna Gael but then Amy like you said on a government scale this is where the issues will lie will the Fianna Fáil uh, because there's obviously there is a very you know it's a very public divide I think it's you know there's number of TDs who Fianna Fáil TDs who have spoken out against certain government actions not to the extent of the Green Party, but I think the fact that you're in a coalition government, you have Fianna Fáil and the Greens, are they going to withstand it as the months go on? And if more details is revealed in this Garda investigation and if more witnesses come forward um, or are interviewed, it's just, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Absolutely. And I think, Eve, like, even as you said, like, um, 
acting um, Minister for Justice Heather Humphrey, who's taking over from um, Helen McAtee when she's on her maternity leave, she's come out in support of, you know, Leah Riker, the Minister for Justice. Like, he, he, this is her portfolio that is looking against him. You can't get a better backing than that from your own party. So, yeah, Niamh, I completely agree with you there that if, uh, from Fianna Gael, I think he's pretty secure for now, unless another, you know, there's a big another big blowout that something else is discovered in the case but it will be the other government to see does he have that um support that'll keep 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 it keep exactly, it exactly. Up, I, guess. And I suppose only time will tell like it took us this long to get a, a guard investigation like to move it even up so i think we'll still it's, this is not going to be going away anytime soon no and they're going to have to, you know, they're interviewing where they do, they'll be interviewing Leah Radker under caution, which is just a way of saying that, you know, everything will be on the record and for purposes of investigation. They will definitely be interviewing other, you know, like ministers and high profile civil servants. That's going to take a while. And it will be, it'll be a long while to see what will be the outcome of this. And it'll just be to see, can Leo Radker keep riding that political wave and keep his head above water uh, until whatever the conclusion of the investigation will be. Well, that's all for this week's episode of The Polling Station. I hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at The Polling Pod. Let us know what you think of hashtag Leo the leak. If you think he's innocent, if you think he's guilty, if you think this is, this is another tactic from the opposition or if you think that he should resign. Let us know what you think and don't forget to tune in to us next week. Bye! Bye.